is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here we go. It's a Monday. It's Monday morning. Not a victory Monday, but Monday morning. And we will do a lot of that here uh, for the next 45 minutes on the Players' Lounge. Hello, everybody. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former Cowboys players. We got safety, Barry Church, and safety, Danny McRae. Players' Lounge got a whole lot of topics to get to, fellas. The Cowboys go down on Sunday night football to the Los Angeles Rams by a score of 20 to 17. Uh, last Friday, when we went on the air, uh, Church, you had the Cowboys winning by 21. Danny, you had the Cowboys winning <laughs> by 13. I had the Cowboys winning by five. All three of us were wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong. I want to start with the defense because. That's something we have stressed here on the players' line, just talking about defense. So many people were going after offense, offense, offense is talking points. We had been talking about the Cowboys' defense and that being an area that was bothersome to us. I'm going to go over a couple numbers for you, all right, fellas? Let me throw this out here. Total offense for the Rams, 422 yards. You guys know games are won on third down. And when it came to third down, Jared Goff and the Rams kept converting all night long. Nine of 17 on third downs. When it comes to the time of possession in this football game, uh, this thing was won by the Rams. They held the ball for a total of 35 minutes and 38 seconds, and they had an advantage of the Cowboys, their Cowboys defense on the field for 11, and, uh, 11 minutes and 16 seconds more than the offense. So to me, the defense had issues. The Cowboys offense didn't help them out by keeping them off the field. Danny, you go. <laughs> Let, let, let me tell you something, Nui. We talked about this. If you And I text you right after that first drive. If you cannot stop the run, you will not be able to do anything else. And the Rams came out, and they ran the ball on, the, uh, on us. And if you, if you looked at it, and you got to see something from the end zone view when they showed the replays, man, our linebackers were catching. Our uh, defensive linemen, the interior, were getting pushed off the line. We were pretty much getting bullied. In, in, in the run game, and that set us up for the rest of the, uh, for the rest of all the other stuff that happened, right? So when you see us uh, getting killed on third down, that's because we let them nickel and dime us, uh, you know, quick outs and get third shorts, and then and then running and complete uh, short passes to get those first downs. So we we did not earn the right to rush the passer, and that killed us in this game. Yeah, you uh, you hit it right on the nail, uh, D-Mac. I mean, um, I'm going to be honest here with you, fellas. This this is not the performance I was looking forward to seeing week one from this defense. Um, and it has to come to the to the to what I thought was going to be a strength of this defense, and that's the front seven. Um, I mean, you got D-Law, you got Poe in there, you got Everson Griffin, Ty Crawford, and then you got the two linebackers in there. Now, we know Van Der Esch went down with a collarbone injury, but you still had a strong front seven in there, and those guys were literally manhandled from, from the snap, from the very first play. I mean, there was poles where Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers, they weren't getting touched until they were at least six yards down the line of scrimmage. And you can't win that way. There's no way in the NFL you're able to win if you're allowing the running back to just get five and six yards a pop. It just makes it way too easy. They made uh, Jared Goff look like 
Ben Roethlisberger back there when it came <laughs> to play action. I mean, this was an amazing, to me, I think it was an amazing coaching display by McVay. I mean, he kept this defense off balance pretty much the whole entire game. If it wasn't with the tempo where they were going fast or they were slowing it down a little bit, then going back fast again, or if it was just the misdirection and counter plays they were using, the Cowboys' aggressiveness against them. I think it was a great coaching um, display by McVay, but the, the front seven, to me, just it just didn't look good at all, and that's not what I was expecting. But there is a short little little bright light, I guess you can say. Um, the two corners, I feel like they, they played pretty well out there. I think Diggs, for, I mean, he gave up a couple plays, but he was scrappy out there, and he was in perfect coverage. The ball was just a little bit, you know, better. It was better offense, but it was great defense by him on a couple plays that he gave up. We saw Wuzier with the interception, so there is a little limelight there with the secondary, but that front <laughs> seven, who's supposed to be a strength, they got to pick it up. I mean, they were manhandled all night. So, with what you, go, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. No, I was, was going to say, one, one, Church, can you tell me what, what defense are we running? Is it a 5-2-4 a or a 4-3? What, what, what are we running? I thought it was supposed to be a multiple look, you know, 3-4, four, 4-3. Four, four, it looked like we were just simply in, in a, I don't even know how to explain it, maybe a 5-2 mixed with a 4-3, but there was no movement at all, no movement. I, I, think, I think both of y'all will agree that, Coach, I mean, uh, Church, you said that it was a great coaching display by Sean McVay. This was the exact same stuff that the dude been running for the last four years. You know Robert Woods is going to run a jet sweep in almost, almost every play, and then they're going to bootleg off of that 80% of the time. Like, it was the same stuff, and we sat there and, and did the same thing, and I was upset because I watched the Tampa Bay game, and I was watching Todd Bowles' defense, and, and, and how they made how they disrupted um, Drew Brees when they got into those tight formations by blitzing those linebackers, the strength of their team. And I was like, oh, yeah, we going to be doing some of that. We didn't see any of that. None of it. And I was I was just shocked. <laughs> I was just shocked to see it that we just, you know, as a defense, we lined up in the same stuff the entire game and let them run the same stuff that they had been running for the last four years. And they ran it to perfection and killed us the entire game. That that was very confusing to me from the, from a coaching standpoint, and then our physicality is on the defensive standpoint. It, it, both both of those were surprising and confusing. Hey, Dmac, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna ask you a quick question here, but uh, I know we're gonna talk about this a little bit later. But are you hinting at the fact that McCarthy might have been out coached in his first game? Is is that what you're saying? First, once we get to offense, I, I'll get on that. Defensively, I think we, we were we were we were definitely out coached, and, and, and it's surprising because, like I said, they've been running the same stuff. They've been running the same stuff. Nui, you, listen, if, if you if you don't agree, then let me know. Has did the Rams' offense scheme wise not look the same as they have been looking for the previous years with the same players doing the same stuff? A part of me thought I was watching the playoff game that I was at at the L.A. Coliseum when the Rams had the 200-yard running backs in that game, one of them included Ty Gurley, where they were just beating up the Cowboys right up the middle. It's as though they went back to that same thing to say, you know what, guess what? We don't think you dudes are good up front. And the Cowboys' front lines, we, we spoke about this as well, the front lines for the Cowboys on both sides of the football were, were outplayed. And the Rams, I thought, were suspect on the offensive line, but they coached them up very well. 
Um, Mike Nolan had no answers for Sean McVay. You're, you're right, Danny. They bullied the Cowboys. The Cowboys got punched in the mouth so many times. I would say, all right, Jason Garrett doesn't have these guys ready to play. And you know what? The Cowboys were not ready for what the Rams had to offer. And I love it. Adjustments to do it. Okay, it didn't happen. Um, I'm going to go sit up here and tell it like it is now. Okay, I can drink the Kool-Aid all day long about Mike McCarthy, but I'm also going to be a truth teller with the Kool-Aid, okay? Because my Kool-Aid has no alcohol in it, so it's just sugar-free. Okay, but look. Uh, this first batch of Kool-Aid wasn't good. It didn't taste good. It was bitter, and, and they got to change some things here. Um, I'm worried about this defense right now because this is the blueprint that anybody who's smart is going to say, all right, you know what? The Cowboys are very good with Everson Griffin and Olden Smith and Tank Lawrence. Okay, they're going to get after the pass. But guess what? We're not going to sit up here and do a five-step drop. We're going to be quick with it. Um, we saw where Jared Goff dropped back quickly, and as, as soon as he got the ball, he knew exactly where he was going with the ball, and they were quick drops. They didn't throw any deep passes out there, and yet the Cowboys' DBs didn't try to get up on these uh, on the cow, uh, on the Rams' receivers, in my opinion. So they've got some answers they got to fix on defense. Also, let's not forget, we, and we spoke about this last week as well, how would these linebackers look? You know, we talked about who needed to be breaking out this year. My two guys, I was talking about Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, and those two guys yesterday did not look good. And now Leighton Van Der Esch is going to be missing some time with a broken collarbone, talking about six to eight weeks here. Um, that's a problem because Joe Thomas, who filled in for him, uh, Joe Thomas is, is what he is. He's a backup linebacker. And the more they put Joe out there, I think the more he's going to get exposed. Uh, Church? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And then this is where that injury to Sean Lee comes in hand. I mean, this is a guy who, who filled in admirably for um, Vander Esch last year in the 13 games that he started. This is where that depth is starting to lack a little bit. So, like you said, they, they threw Joe Thomas in there. And to me, Joe Thomas is a solid player. He's a solid, you know, backup guy who can come in and contribute, you know, every now and then, maybe on third down situations and a special teams good guy or special teams player. Um, but I don't think he's the answer there for a full-time starter. Um, but what I will say about this defense is I'm starting to sip the Kool-Aid a little bit on Alton Smith. I know I had my, my, my reservations about him early in the season, but he, for five years of absence, I mean, he, he was out there and he played pretty well. So I'm going to start sipping the Kool-Aid a little bit with Nui on, uh, on Alton Smith. Yeah, yeah. Alton Smith was a bright spot, uh, definitely. And um, for, for everything I said about him, he came out there and he, and, and he played very well, you know, for how we played overall on defense. One thing I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you this for the season. If we don't stop the run, it's going to be a long, disappointing season. And I say that following up with this. It is very hard for you to become a run-stopping team after the start of the season. Usually, once you can't stop the run, that's just who you are as a team. So... So I'm looking for this to be a pain point for us, and we're going to have to figure out, maybe go look at some of the Meridelli film and start slanting and getting into some gaps because us trying to two-gap or just playing man-to-man and shade and, and have our linebackers feel, that is not going to work for us. Let me ask you guys both a quick question here. What did you guys feel about Don Terry Poe out there? Because for me, I, I just thought his performance was lackluster. Um, I didn't really see that energy. I didn't see that pop. Um, and he was supposed to be a guy that if he's not getting to the quarterback, he can at least hold up a gap and hold these offensive linemen off the linebackers. But it seemed to me like each and every down they ran the ball, these linemen were getting up to the second level, and he just had, a, had no effect, effect at all. I just want to know you guys' thoughts on him. I agree with you. I, I, 
I, I expected more. But at the same time, I also could say this. Uh, you were hoping that Gerald McCoy was going to be the number one guy to plug the run. And then you thought but Don Terry Poe. And then with Poe, you thought you maybe have a rotation of four, you know, four guys in there. And, and uh, if anything, they knew exactly what to do. I mean, Sean McVay schemed up this team. And it, you know what? Like so many other guys, they were not ready for the punch in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth, and they kept getting punched in the mouth, and nobody had an answer. And, fellas, you guys play. You just hope that when the, the red light gets pointed on film that guys are embarrassed <laughs> and ready to come out here against the Atlanta Falcons and give a better performance because that was not the kind of performance that any of us expected from the Cowboys. And Don Terry Poe and the whole hot boys, that whole thing there, that, that ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen. I, I thought I thought Don Terry Poe and, and Tristan Hill, uh, that was that was just not a good performance. And I, and I'm gonna put it on the hot boys, and it may sound like I'm being biased, but I'm telling you this: they did not get an, a, a fair shake at being able to rush the passer because, like we said, they did not stop the run. And if you don't stop the run, you won't get any sacks. That's why Alden Smith got his one, and that was the one opportunity that they had because they could not stop the run, and they went 30 short all night. So, yeah, the three-step drop was there all night. They didn't have to take time to do a five-step drop to let routes develop down the field because we never had them in a, in a situation where they had to do that. And like I said, we got Julio Jones and Ty Gurley coming in, and if you don't stop the run, it is going to be a very, very long day. What can Will McClay do in terms of finding some players here? Obviously, um, up the middle, they got issues. Uh, did, did Snacks Harrison ever sign with anybody? Um, I think he's still on the market. Now. You know, so, so maybe that's something you do. You call some, call, hey, Snacks, hello. Um, and, and, and you need a, you need another linebacker here. You can call up Francis Bernard, but you know you've got you've got linebacker issues here. And as long as you're exposed up the middle, there's going to be some problems uh, with this football team because now people know exactly what to do. Say we'll go up the middle, and we don't have to worry about your guys coming from the edge here because we just go punch you right in the mouth until you can stop that. So these, this is where Will McClay is going to make his money right now to see what adjustments they make. And Stephen Jones on 105.3 The Fan today. And he basically said uh, no Earl Thomas. So for all those folks who are hoping that Earl Thomas is going to get here, I know Isaiah Stanback said on Talking Cowboys that he expected Earl Thomas to be a Cowboy on Monday. It is, uh, uh, what, uh, 143, and that's, that hasn't happened. And, and I don't see it happening there. They got to figure out how to get a defensive tackle. So you, uh, I'm, I'm sitting up here now saying, Snacks Harrison, come on down. You know what, Louie? Oh, well, until recently, man, I hadn't, I hadn't even realized that Eric Reed wasn't on the team. And we, we've been talking about Earl Thomas, and, 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 and you know, they, they, I think Colin Kaepernick put out a stat. The man set two franchise records last year. And, you know, it one, was one of the best DBs in the league. And we've been talking about Earl Thomas. This dude's sitting on the sidelines if you want a really productive safety. But, you know, we, we, we know that's not going to happen. But I'm going to put it out there is if you're looking for a guy and you really wanted a safety and you wanted one that bad that was going to make some plays and especially come in here and help you stop the run <laughs> – you got one. <laughs> Look for him. Yeah, that, but <laughs> yeah, I think that would. I think that would be a great, a great choice. Now that you brought that up with uh, Eric Reed, because I know I had my. You know, I thought going into this game he would he would play decent, but my my guy Darian Thompson, man, he he just didn't show up yet yesterday. I mean, if whether it was Ooh. missed tackles or just just not being in the right place at the right time, it was just not a good game for him. Now I understand it was one game, but as a guy that's coming in. 
You're, I mean, you were already um, low on the totem pole. You had a great camp, and they elevated you into the starting position. You can't go out there and have games like this, especially, you know, you weren't like a half high draft pick or a high free agent value pick it up. So when you get these opportunities out there, you can't squander them like that, and he just let one go by the wayside this past week. The Cowboys' defensive warts exposed by the Rams on Sunday Night Football on NBC. 20-17 to 17 is the defeat they take. You're, you're checking out the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Dewey Scruggs, Danny McCray, Barry Church. They're two former Dallas Cowboys uh, safeties. I am a longtime Cowboys reporter. When we come back, let's dive into the offense here. A major injury for the offense, also issues on third down. The Cowboys did not get it done. Let's dive into that next right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. Um, want to let everybody know that uh, 12 Cowboys Way brings high-rise luxury apartment living within steps of the Dallas Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Providing luxury amenities, multiple floor plans, unparalleled conveniences, 12 Cowboys Way is where elite living meets exclusive access. Leasing is available now. Book your virtual or in-person tour at 12cowboysway.com. We are in the SBCW, uh, SWBC uh, virtual mortgage uh, studios here at our homes. So let's dive into that offense as the Cowboys end up taking that L to start the season 22-17. On third down, the offense for the Cowboys was 3 of 12. That's not good. They took three sacks in the game. Dak Prescott was 1 for 7 for 11 yards on third down. Fellas, that is not winning football. All right, I'm going to give you the floor. Danny McCray on it. 
Because, listen, for as much as we just talked about the defense, at the end of the day, they only gave up 20 points. All right? If you go into a game with the offense that we have and you say our defense is giving up 20, you would expect to win that game nine times out of ten. Now, just to start with this, shout out to Zeke. He had a hell of a game. He is he was the shining star of our offense. Now to get to the negative. Goodness gracious. <laughs> is, is, is this the offense that we're gonna run that we would define as explosive? I mean, how many how many intermediate and short routes did we run last night versus how many times did we go deep? I'm, I'm, I'm confused on how you plan on having three 1,000-yard receivers with the game plan that we came up with. And, and to you and Nui, hey, man, I won the bet. Amari Cooper had like 14 targets, so way over what y'all talking about. But the one target that he should have had was on fourth and three. This is the same thing that happened last year when Amari Cooper is not on the field on fourth down and we all looking like, what the heck is going on? How do you not draw up the play? And At least if you're going to run that route, put Amari Cooper right there in the slot and run that route with him. Even if it's man-to-man, it's a pick play. So it's not like he haven't, he's having to beat uh, Jalen Ramsey or whoever's covering him one-on-one. This is a scheme play. Let him get out there and run it. This whole offensive scheme to me, besides getting the ball to Zeke, was very confusing. It was a letdown for us to have all this talent and score 17 points. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, wh- where do I start, man? Where- I- I'm going to start with the good. Let me-, let me start with the good, man. I- all right. I got to get, like like, uh, like McCray said, got to give hats to um, Ezekiel Elliott. And, I- and obviously, I got to give a little bit of credit to Kellen Moore as well because they schemed up a good way to get Ezekiel Elliott involved in not only the rushing game, but the passing game as well. And last year, we didn't see enough of that. We didn't see enough of Ezekiel out of the backfield, catching the ball, doing what he can do. He's one of the most talented backs in the NFL. So hats goes off to them for getting him involved in the pass game. But other than that, I, I just cannot see any any greatness out of this. I mean, our offensive line, which was supposed to be a strength. Now, maybe two, three years ago, it was a strength, but now it's kind of dwindling a little bit. I mean, there were so many instances where Aaron Donald just ragdolled people out there. Now, I know he's one of the you know greatest defensive players in, in, in the NFL right now, maybe in the history, but for him to just go through your offensive lineman like a hot knife through butter, it just didn't make sense. I saw one play where he literally ran through Connor Williams picked up Ezekiel Elliott, who is not a small man, and threw him into Dak Prescott. Now, (laughs) you cannot let that happen (laughs) if you're on the opposite side of the ball for the Dallas Cowboys. And to Danny's Danny's point where he said, all we're doing is throing, you know, short yardage, short yardage, I understand why. I mean, they just couldn't get any (laughs) protection there. They had Aaron Donald having his way. They had Michael Brockers having his way over there. And the guy from Chicago, uh, I believe his name is Floyd, the defensive end, he had his way out there as well. Leonard Floyd had his way out there as well. So if you're Dak Prescott, this reminded me a lot of that Houston game we saw on Thursday where Deshaun Watson was running for his life. Now, it wasn't that bad, but it was on par with it. I mean, this this guy, every time he looked down the field, he had a hand in his face and somebody barreling down at him. So if I'm a part of this offense, I like what they did with Ezekiel Elliott, but they have to shore up this the middle of this line. I know Lyle Collins on the outside missed, but we'll get him back in a couple weeks. And they had Steele, I believe, in there replacing him. And he, he, played, he didn't play too bad. He gave up one sack late, but other than that, he didn't play too bad. It was the interior part of this line that has concerns for me because that's the most veteran part of this line right now. So... I, you know, hey, they, they got to figure out something or they're not going to win a lot of games with giving up pressure like that. 
Aaron Donald uh, is putting up a Hall of Fame resume to go to Canton. And I've been to the Hall of Fame ceremonies many times, and they show, you know, they have your signature uh, <laughs> video. You know, there's this one move that you have. You know, it's Joe Montana throwing that, that touchdown pass to, to John Taylor's Troy Aikman, you know, putting up the number one, you know, at the Super Bowl 27. For Aaron Donald, it will be him bulldozing <laughs> Connor Williams, lifting up Ezekiel Elliott, and throwing him down. You know, that's going to be the, Aaron Donald. You know, that that's the video that's going to be from that and him just also I mean look he, he gave he gave Zach Martin to work here I mean he went up and down between the Cowboys center and guards uh, in this football game and and Joe Philbin um, new offensive line coach a uh, brother bro uh, broham um, Philadelphia's coming in here twice to take on the Cowboys. You've got Washington, who had eight sacks against Philadelphia yesterday. That defensive line is good. Uh, the old line here for the Cowboys, woo, it, something's got to get better. Connor McGovern was inactive for this game, and we keep hearing that Connor McGovern is a strong guy. And that once Connor McGovern can get on you and lock you up, you're going to be there. Connor Williams is a guy that we've talked about not having enough strength. Do I look at it and just say, hey, man, that's just Aaron Donald. He is who he is. But I also know Fletcher Cox to the Eagles has come. They got a good D-line over there with Payne and company with, with, with um, Washington. So uh, I'm wondering, how long does this young man end up holding on to this job? It's just one game. But they've got to start to ask themselves, do people think they might have some kind of book on the Cowboys? Because Joe Looney is a guy who's not – uh, Travis Frederick and yesterday they got abused man that thing was sad to watch I mean that that old line got abused uh, right up the middle yeah you, and, and from the jump you, I feel like we missed Frederick's presence in there I mean not only was he a, a great offensive lineman when it comes to strength and being able to understand what the defense is trying to do to him but he was basically that quarterback of the offensive line. I mean, he got everybody situated where to go. Watch this stunt here. Watch this DT stunt right there. I mean, this guy knew pretty much the game like it was the back of his hand. And we missed him yesterday, as you saw that. Joe Looney, he, he's a pretty good center, but, I mean, he's not on par with uh, Travis Frederick right now. And i tell you another big loss, and I'm surprised they didn't take more advantage of this earlier in the game, but with Blake Jarwin going down, with, uh, with, with could be a, an ACL and being out for the year, that could be a big-time loss for the Cowboys because I think he was a mismatch nightmare and I know it was a big time loss for my fantasy team because he gave me one point so <laughs> I, <laughs> it was I don't know what we're gonna do with that I, I, I think I saw that it was a uh, ACL tear and it was it was very disappointing to see Schultz coming in and drop everything that came his way it, 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 it was <laughs> that, 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 that was not a good sign for what you have in tight end I'm sitting there watching like goodness gracious is this the drop off <laughs> this this is this mm. is what we have now that was that, that, that was not good, but shout out to Blake Jarwin, man. You know, ho hope he heals up fast and, and is ready to come back next year because that, you know, that, that sucks for him. I, I tell you what, fellas, from a personal standpoint, I like Dalton Schultz and I enjoy talking to him. But from a player standpoint, I, I, I just, I hadn't been that big on him. Now, people were talking about what a great camp he had. But you get into the game, this is your opportunity, and you're dropping balls. Look out for Sean McCune, the, uh, the big kid from number 84 from Michigan. He can block better than Schultz, and let's see, if he, let's see if he can perform better. And obviously Schultz will get a shot this week. But once again, Will McClay's got to go out here on the market and start to find somebody because I do not think Dalton Schultz can be their number one tight end. I just don't see that happening, and neither can Blake Bell. So they, they've got to go out and find somebody as well. So call Snacks Harrison, uh, find a tight end out there who can, can, can 
pass for something similar to what you got out of Blake Jarwin. But there is an issue right there at that position right now because nobody on this team is close to being able to do what Blake Jarwin did. They were backups for a reason, and it's another huge hole for the Cowboys as they get ready to face the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to have to score this Sunday at AT&T Stadium because even though the Falcons got drilled by Seattle, I mean, they beat them up from jump. <laughs> they still were able to throw the ball through in the air. I mean, Matt Ryan had garbage. He had garbage yards, but they were 427 of them. Um, so the Cowboys have got to fix this thing and, so, and, and, and try, and, try and make some changes here. So, 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 because so, I haven't heard you guys really speak on it. What do you guys think of the play selection as far as the passing game? I mean, I know you say we were under pressure. We, we had some time to make some plays. But our play selection, to me, I just didn't see that where we had that many, we took that many chances. And the one chance we did take was on fourth down when we were down three. <laughs> and, you know, other than that, I didn't, I didn't see much. And when that one deep pass was at the end, the gallop, and, you know, other than that, we, I don't feel like we tested them at all for the, for the speed and the athletic ability and potential that we have at the receiver position. And even before Blake Jordan went down, I don't think we stretched the field enough or took any chances to, to, to make those uh, deep defensive backs play honest. I look at this and, and, and I say, boy, um, new, new group of guys all coaching together, offensively and defensively, um, not having an opportunity to, to have a preseason and see how things go, where they're going to react. I'm thinking and I would be hoping that if I were a Cowboys fan that this Monday would be used for the, the coordinators and, and, and everybody else on the staff to look at this game plan, understand that they, that they got handled. They were outcoached, and how can they better serve and put their players in a better position to take on the Atlanta Falcons? I'm not going to burn the boat like so many people on Twitter want to. Not going to say that Kellen Moore shouldn't be calling the plays like some people are saying on Twitter. You have to look at this tape and say, okay, we were not where we needed to be. We had all this hype. We failed. How do we make sure we're not 0-2? You got you to look at this tape and burn it. And just know that Sean McVay and his and his crew outcoached you. How do you get ready to face Dan Quinn, the Atlanta Falcons, and get out here and try? To <laughs> How many seventeen point games are you giving them before you snatch the play uh, play calling out of uh, out of Kellen's hands? Because right now you watching Mike McCarthy sit on the sideline, and I sent you a text right now, Nua. You always talked about JG being, you know, he just sat there and just clapped. I didn't see much from Mike either, all right? I didn't see much from Mike. He doesn't call offensive plays. He doesn't call defensive plays. So, really, he's just out there, you know? So, I mean, how many of these 17-point or under-20-point games are you going to give before, you know, you, you, you snatch the playbook and you say, I'm, I'm, I'm the play caller now? Now, look, look, I think he got he got one more game. He got one more game. If I'm if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm like, look, man, I'm not I'm not getting dragged in the mud because you can't call the play. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm telling him, like, look, man, get your head together. You got about one more game, man. Well, look, you got the Atlanta game, and the third game is going to be a real good tell because you got the Seattle Seahawks, and I watched a lot of that Seahawks Atlanta game yesterday, and. They look good defensively, man. Uh, they brought Jamal Adams off the end a few times. I mean, Matt Ryan just did not have a whole lot of time. Uh, while Todd, Todd Gurley got a touchdown in the game, the, the, Atlanta's, the Atlanta's run game didn't get going at all here. So the next two games, home against Atlanta and then going up to Seattle, the play calling better be they – bet, they need to be in the 30-point range. And, and, and here's my emphasis on that. It's got to be in the 30-point range because this defense is built – for them to have a lead, and then they can just go ahead and have their pass rushers tee off. 
it, it doesn't work. You got to protect them. And you can't have another game where the other team has got the defense on the field for 35 minutes. So this comes, the heat starting to come on Kellen Moore, and, and he's got to be better because this the way they played yesterday is not the way the Cowboys are going to be able to win the NFC East, in my opinion. They've got to be scoring 30 points a game. Mike McCarthy said that's what they were going to go do. They didn't do it in game one. Let's see if they can go ahead and get it together for game two. Let's not overreact <laughs> here too much, okay? Let's not overreact my here man, too much. Let me tell you something. My man, my man JG watched that for 16 games straight and got him put on up out of here, all right? So you talking, there's, there's no more rookie season for Kellen Moore, all right? We, we said the same thing last year about the slow starts and not being able to put up points until you're too far behind. So, all right, one game is cool. If Mike McCarthy sit here and watch this for 16, believe me, Nui, Kool-Aid is gone, and this is and that will be 100% solely on Mike McCarthy for, for, for allowing that to happen. Okay. Okay. I mean, what else can you say here on a Monday other than you, you got to improve? You know, <laughs> things got to get better. I mean, you know. Everywhere. It, it Except special teams. Special teams, was a, special teams looked good last night. Man, I give them that. I think they missed the field goal, but other than that, their play on coverage was, was, was good. All right, let's take another break here on the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. That's Barry Church, Danny McCray. I'm Dewey Scruggs right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigeen Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigeen Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigeen Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigeen Meats. Taste the difference. Back to the Players' Lounge. All right, welcome back to the Players' Lounge. Cinema Drive-Ins brings a classic nostalgia of a drive-in movie to the star. Enjoy the features, all those features, of the timeless outdoor theaters in a safe, 
an innovative environment. Brought to you in 21st century with the latest technology, stunning visuals, and the latest and greatest Hollywood blockbusters. New movies are featured every weekend at the Gaylord lot of the Star in Frisco. For details, visit thestarinfrisco.com. All right, fellas, let's go into the personal... Um, uh, the, the, the P.I. call. All right, they call pass interference as Dak Prescott is trying to take the Cowboys down the field. He hits Michael Gallup. They're now in field goal ter territory. And all of a sudden, the flag comes out. Jalen Ramsey sells it very well. And they say that Michael Gallup pushed off. From my perspective, it looked like these guys were allowed to play all night long until then. You're both former defensive backs here. Was that offensive pass interference? I'll start with you, McCray. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, listen, the thing is, if, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, Cowboys fans would be going nuts if that flag is not called. To me, this is obvious enough to see that he's pushing them back on a fade route. I mean, on, 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 a, uh, on a nine route. It, it's obvious. We're watching it right here on, on tape, and you got to call it. If you don't call it, it, it should be challenged and then, and then overturned or whatever they should do. I, I think that's absolutely the right call. And it put us in a horrible situation. But, you know, if you're the ref and you're seeing that, you got to make that call. Don't hold the flag. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a defensive back. I'm a defensive player by heart. And, I mean, that, that was pass interference. I mean, like, it was ticky-tack. It was a ticky-tack. I mean, they were both hand-fighting and jostling the whole way down the line. But the one thing that got um, Gallup exposed right there was just the extension of the arm. If he could have got away with just a little sh kind of a shoulder nudge or doing that old Witten where he used to push you off with the elbow, if he could do something like that, it would have been fine. But the full extension of the arm is just a, it's a telltale sign right there. And they had to throw the flag. And then I got on social media and I heard all this, you know, if it wasn't for the flag, we would have won the game. And you can't, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you cannot let it get down to that point where it's in the ref's hands to make a decision or not. And obviously that flag was offset by the earlier flag that should have been thrown for the hands to the face on the interception of Awuzie. So, look, I mean, the refs, they're not perfect, but I think they did a great call right here. I mean, the arm was, ex arm was extended. Yes, Jalen Ramsey sold it. He's a great artist, or he's a great actor when it comes to that. He, his neck was all back like he was in a car accident or something. <laughs> but he, he sold it well, but it was the right call. Gallup got caught with the extended arm. You can't do nothing about that. You just can't let it go down to the refs to make that type of decision. I hate when fans do that. Like, we, we ain't moved the ball all, all day. All of a sudden, now, all of a sudden, we're we going to score as soon as we get down there. That don't make no dang sense. My bad, Nui. I just, it's just frustration. Just frustration just building up. <laughs> let, let's talk about the other, other play in the game, that, and this is the one that's getting Mike McCarthy a whole lot of heat. With 11.50 to go in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys on a fourth and three decide to go for it. Could have easily kicked a field goal and tied the game at 20. Uh, they run, they, they run a, a, a crossing route. C.D. Lamb doesn't go deep enough in his route to get to the sticks. Dalton Schultz on his route, I don't think he ran it deep enough either. A lot of people are saying Mike McCarthy was wrong there. I was talking about it last night on TV, so I'll give you guys uh, the floor here. Church, your thoughts on that call. Should he kick the field goal? 
Uh, no, nah, to me, I think yeah, he, he went for it. He, he took a gamble. Um, you know, it was still early in the fourth quarter, so it wasn't like it was a last-second gamble, and they would had no time on the clock to come back. Uh, I think he just showed that, you know, he had trust in his offense. You know, were they struggling pretty much all game? Yeah, they were struggling a little bit, but he saw this as an opportunity uh, to take reins and take control of the game, and he believed in his offense, so he threw him out there. I mean, I've seen, seen so many times where J.G., sorry to bring him up in this, but JG would get thrown under the bus and ridiculed for not being too, too not being a gambler and playing it too safe. So I, you know, I, I have no problem with um, him get, going for it right here. The thing I have is, you know, they drew it up for CD Lamb, like McCray pointed earlier in the in the uh, podcast. Why not draw it up for your best receiver, Amari Cooper, out there, and maybe he'll be able to run it past the sticks and get a first down. But even though you gave it to, to C.D. Lamb to get the first down, I thought this guy was supposed to be a magician after the, after the ball's in his hands. He's supposed to be this guy that can catch the ball and make amazing things happen um, after the catch with the yards after the catch. And to me, every single time he caught the ball last night, he was getting thrown around like a rag doll. I'm not sure. I thought he was a bigger body type player, but he seemed kind of frail out there. And that hit by the safety that it wasn't even that vicious, but he just went straight down. So... Hopefully next time when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make something creative happen. But I have no problem with the call right there. It was a he had he had trust in his in his team, and then it just didn't didn't work out the way he wanted to. Yeah, same here. I have no problem with the call. I don't. The reason I don't think it made sense was because the stats that we put out earlier horrible on third down. We, we, we hadn't really been moving the ball with the exception of that drive. So if, if we're doing analytics, the likelihood of us making that play is very low. Tie the game up. But if you're going to go for it, that, I mean, that's your right, right? Go, go ahead and, and, and try to capitalize on that. But give the ball to your $100 million. I've been saying this for like three weeks now. The $100 million man should be the focus. Though. Like every other team, if you watching Arizona play, they running that play for DeAndre Hopkins. If you're watching uh, Green Bay play, they're running that play for Devontae Adams. Why, why are we not doing the same thing? I do not get it. And, uh, and with that play on CeeDee Lamb, the, the, the other guy also made a great play, right? You, you would almost think that the Rams knew that play was coming because they played it perfect. If you look at it, nobody got picked. And Amari Cooper was covered. He ran a little a sit down, and the crosses were covered. So you, you would look at it and say, man, they must have known that was coming because they played that perfectly. Church, McCray, you're both correct on this, and, and I'll back you as well. The execution of the play was the problem. That's what I said on TV last night. I didn't have a problem with the play call. I understood what they were doing. Their defense hadn't been good all night long. You had a little bit of juice, and you thought, okay, let's go ahead and go. C.D. Lamb is finding out a couple things here when he watches the film on Monday. Uh, one, you got to run to the stick. And two, they, they, when they, they tackle in the NFL. This in Oklahoma where, you know what, you're catching the ball, you're just brushing these dudes off, and you running. I mean, they hit you here, and they go. And I thought the Rams' DBs did a great job last night of being physical with the Cowboys receivers. They did not make anything easy at all. And that one play where the referee said that Cooper caught the ball and it was a fumble, which it wasn't. I mean, Ramsey just stuck it up in there. So they were physical. But this is a game where I think Cowboy fans are not are kind of lying to themselves and not wanting to admit L.A. was better last night. They were more physical. They were ready to play. They were just better in every opportunity the Cowboys had in order to really kind of, kind of take control of the game. They couldn't do it. Even when they were up 14, 13, you, you said to yourself, I don't know how they're doing it here. Um, it's one to grow on, man. That's why I'm not going to trip out like so many people are here. There's a whole lot of mistakes here that we won't see what happened last year 
when the Cowboys were 3-0, and and everybody was talking about how good they were, talking about making a reservation for the Super Bowl in Miami, and even Dak later on said, yeah, we were snipping ourselves. Well, nobody's snipping themselves today because they are stinky, <laughs> and everybody's going to have to look at that film and say, that stunt, that stunt, got to work on this, play calling's got to get better. Um, yes, yes. So, there. Guess no, what? there's 15 games to go. There's 15 games to go. Go ahead, McCrack. I know you. I know you're not worried, right? Because all these things can be fixed. What should worry you is in game time, crunch time situation. We just watched the Last Dance. Whose numbers getting called at the end of the game on Last Dance? Michael Jordan. When he wasn't there, Scottie Pippen was upset because they didn't call his number. Give me the numbers that should be called in big time situations for the Cowboys on offense. Twenty one. Mm. 19 or 80 and, and, and four no 21 19 and four should be the that should be the only numbers that should be getting called yeah with, with, and when i say 19 obviously you're taking it I'm, I'm a you know i'm putting dak right there but to me you know if i'm talking about who are my playmakers who am i going to live and die with yes it should be 21 and 19 that's where you need to go um so look this so so, this so what is, are we doing has to be addressed <laughs> That's where Mike McCarthy, this is where Mike McCarthy steps in here, guys. This is where Mike McCarthy steps in here. This is where you have to. This is where you have to say to yourself, okay, um, former Super Bowl winning head coach who decided to allow somebody else to call the plays, get on the play caller, get on the play caller, get in him and say, what were you seeing? What are you doing? And this is what I need to see. So, so the, I, I think that this is correctable, Danny. I don't think it's the end of the world here. It, listen, it should not have to be. Look, listen, it's two hundred million dollars worth of talent out there. You out there ain't throwing to now one of them. Get out of here, man. You got seventy million for Zeke. My bad, Church. Go ahead. My bad. Oh no, go ahead. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you got you got two hundred. You got you got thirty at the quarterback. Which also I'm going to lean on to say this is probably why he did not get paid like like we thought he should get paid because he's going he's on a play it out year. <laughs> he's getting thirty. <laughs> Zeke getting over seventy, and then you got Coop getting a hundred. All right. And you don't throw it to any one of those. Like, yo, come on, man. Give them the ball. This don't make no sense. Yeah, I mean, offensively, offensively, I'm not worried. I mean, you got it's just too immensely talented to not get some type of a success going on towards this season. To me, it, it's the, it's defensively, and it's in the trenches. I mean, that was mano y mano football right there. There was no, you know, you know, trick them up here, and we're gonna, you know, do this or do that. It was mano y mano, and their offensive line literally blew our defensive line off the ball, man to man. That there's there's no excuse for that. I mean, there's no type of scheming or nothing like that. They just got blown off the ball, and for me, that's worrisome going into this season. This and you guys have played. You know what Monday is like here after a loss like this. This is where we're going to see. Um, what Mike McCarthy as a head coach can do. And last year you had all offseason to play with the analytics and be in the basement here. Let's see how your team reacts. Let's see if they're ready to play the Atlanta Falcons as your home opener coming up on Sunday. And then can you get ready after that to get on a plane and go up to Seattle? The next two football games to me are going to be very critical because you don't want to start 0-3. You can't, I don't think you can start 1-2. and um, you, you've, you've got to figure this thing out here really quick here. And I think that it's, it's doable and Oh, by the way, Will McClay is going to have to figure out how do you fill a hole of Lake Van Der Esch linebacker and how do you get better the, up, up, the, up front on your, def your defensive line. They ca they've got to figure out how to bring some more help into the middle, and that's why I brought up Snacks Harrison as a guy that the Cowboys need to be thinking about, especially since they've got some money under the cap, and bring that guy in here because it could be a long season if they can't stop the run. When you start thinking about 
two games against Washington, two games against Philadelphia. They're pretty good. Cleveland's got a good defensive front as well. So uh, they, they can't be half-stepping around here on this. they got to play Baltimore, by the way. Calais Campbell, the guy you know, Danny, uh, uh, Barry Church, who you play with. I mean, this could be oh, an yeah. issue, man. This could be an issue. <laughs> it could be a huge issue. I mean, look what they got. Look what they got in Washington. I mean, they, they they went and got eight sacks yesterday. I mean, Chase Young he had a sack and a half. I mean, you got Kerrigan out there. I mean, his division. It ain't, I mean, I, I thought it was just a two man race turned into a one man race, but now I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, the book is out for me right now. I'm not okay. even looking that far ahead. I'm gonna tell you this. Atlanta has historically been bad on defense. <laughs> If we don't come out and show that we can play some offense against Atlanta, you can scrap the rest of that stuff. All right? If we can't put up points on Atlanta, we can't run the ball and get some passes completed against Atlanta, we are in some serious trouble. Yes, they must control the clock. They need to win on third downs. All right, that, that's it for the Monday morning, okay? We've been moaning for, for 45 <laughs> minutes here about the Cowboys here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. But uh, Tuesday, uh, we'll have all the fantasy numbers in here, Church and McCray. We'll see how you guys did. We'll dive into that. To, and uh, hopefully Wednesday we can, uh, can, can check in with Will McClay and see exactly you know, what moves the Cowboys are, are, are making to try and improve this club as they get into uh, the Sunday game against the Atlanta Falcons. Lake Banderesh going to miss six to eight weeks minimum that we're told right now with uh, that broken collarbone. And uh, tight end Dalton Schultz, I mean Dalton Schultz, but tight end Blake Jarwin out for the year with ACL with Dalton Schultz now being the Cowboys' number one tight end. So there are issues to discuss. We'll do it all week with you. We appreciate everybody that tuned in to the Players' Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!